The 14th century English mystic Julian of Norwich has been talked about by people in many different ways, but first and foremost, she's the author of an extraordinary text, The Revelations, which is the earliest known text authored by a woman in English. Personally, she has been a friend and companion in my Christian life for over 30 years. I'm the Reverend David Simmons, Episcopal priest and oblate in the Order of Julian of Norwich. Thank you for joining me as we read and pray through the works of this extraordinary woman of faith and explore what she has to teach us about God's love. Good morning and welcome to this fourth episode of Love Was His Meeting, uh, Reading and Praying with Julian of Norwich. Um, good to have you with us this morning. We'll start in with the office that we always begin with uh, before we get to the Julian readings. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Let's say Psalm 91 together. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall say to the Lord, You are my refuge and my stronghold, my God in whom I put my trust. He shall deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence. He shall cover you with his pinions, and you shall find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness shall be a shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of any terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, of the plague that stalks in the darkness, nor of the sickness that lays waste at midday. A thousand shall fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Your eyes have only to behold, to see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your refuge, and the Most High your habitation. There shall no evil happen to you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder. You shall trample the young lion and the serpent under your feet. Because he is bound to me in love, therefore will I deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I am with him in trouble. I will rescue him and bring him to honor. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let's pray together a prayer of Julian. God of your goodness, give me yourself, for you are enough to me, and I can ask nothing that is less that can be full honor to you. And if I ask anything that is less, I shall always be in want, for only in you have I all. Amen. Well, we are ready to go into chapter 3 of the Revelations today. Um, and just kind of a short recap of where we were in chapter 2 was Julian was telling us about uh, the three things that she asked for from God. Uh, the first was that she would be able to enter into the suffering with Christ um, in, a, in a more real way, in a, in a way that she could, um, could feel a more a part of that suffering of Christ. The second was a bodily sickness that will take her to the point of death, uh, to the point that she receives all the, the final rites of the church, um, and that she will 
it p passes from her mind that she asked for that. And then the third are these three wounds, the three wounds of true contrition, the wound of kind compassion, and the wound of wish-filled yearning for God. Um, and as I titled this episode, be careful what you wish for, because we're jumping right into where the, the sickness um, hits her. When I was 30 years old and a half, God sent me a bodily sickness in which I lay three days and three nights, and on the fourth night I received all my rites of holy church and expected not to have lived till day. After this I lay two days and two nights, and on the third night I expected often to have passed away, and so expected they were they that were with me. And being still in youth, I thought it was a great sadness to die, not for anything that was on earth that pleased me to live for, nor for any pain that I was afraid of, for I trusted in God of his mercy, but because I would have liked to have lived, so I could have loved God better, and for a longer time, so that I could have more knowledge and love of God in the bliss of heaven. For it seemed to me that all the time I had lived here, so little and so short in comparison to that endless bliss, I thought of as nothing. Wherefore I thought, Good Lord, could my living no longer be to thine honor? And I understood by my reason and by the experience of my pains that I would die, and I assented fully with all the will of my heart to be at God's will. Thus I endured till day, and by then my body was dead from the mist downward as regards my feeling. Then was I aided to be set upright, supported with help, in order to have more freedom for my heart to be at God's will, and thinking of God while my life should last. My curate was sent for to be at my ending, and by the time he came I had cast my eyes upward and could not speak. He placed the cross before my face and said, I have brought thee the image of thy Maker and Saviour. Look thereupon and comfort thyself with it. It seemed to me that I was all right, for my eyes were set upward to heaven, where I trusted to come by the mercy of God. But nevertheless I consented to fix my face, my eyes on the face of the crucifix if I could. And so I did, for it seemed to me that I might longer endure to look straight forward than straight up. After this my sight began to fail, and it grew dark all around me in the chamber as if it had been night, except on the image of the cross, on which I beheld an ordinary light I know not how. Everything except the cross became ugly to me, as if it had been much, much possessed by the fiends. And after this the upper part of my body began to die so noticeably that scarcely had I any feeling. My worst pain was shortness of breath and waning of life, and then I expected truly to have passed away. But in the midst of this, suddenly all my pain was taken from me, and I was as whole, especially in the upper part of my body, as ever I had been before. I marveled at this sudden change, for it seemed to me that it was a mysterious act of God and not of nature. But even with the feeling of this comfort, I trusted never the more to live, and the feeling of this comfort was no full ease to me, for it seemed to me I would rather have just been delivered from this world, for my heart was wishfully set on that. Then came suddenly to my memory that I should desire the second wound of our Lord's gracious gift, that my body could be filled with the memory and feeling of his blessed passion, as I had prayed before, for I had wished that his pains were my pains with compassion and afterward yearning for God. Thus I thought that I could, with his grace, have the wounds that I had desired before. However, in this I never desired any bodily sight, nor any kind of showing from God, 
except compassion such as a natural soul could have with our Lord Jesus, who for the sake of love willed to be a mortal man. And therefore I desired to suffer with him while living in my mortal body, as God would give me grace. Here ends the reading. So um, this is where we, we start into the, the, the kind of describing uh, where these visions come from uh, and several things going on here. Uh, she's only 30 and a half years old, which um, she's still referring to as a youth. You know, obviously, life expectancy is expanding a little at this point. There were certain points in our history where 30 and a half would make you kind of an older person. But uh, in by the, the high middle age or the the this part of the Middle Ages, um, people are starting to live a little bit longer, um, despite all that's going on around her. Um, and she talks about the reason why she would like to live longer in this case, not being anything that she's uh, that she wants to get done or do anything or, or, or family or anything like that. It's because she could have love God long, long better for a longer time, so she could have more knowledge and love of God in the bliss of heaven. And that may sound a little bit weird to us, because, you know, we generally think of uh, as modern Christians, when we think about uh, passing on, we think of being made one with Christ and, and everything kind of being revealed to us and all of that kind of thing. But one, one thing we have to remember is that in, in the medieval mind, uh, heaven is a hi hierarchical place. Um, so is hell. I mean, if you look at Dante's Inferno and, and Paradisia, there's this idea of these different levels of heaven and hell. Not, it's not really, doesn't come particularly from scripture, but it's, it's there in church tradition. So there's this idea that there are different levels. And so, you know, by the life that you live uh, determines where you uh, at least initially are in 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 heaven uh, or hell depending on on, on wh where you where you end up according to the, the medieval mindset so sh she's wishing she had more time to progress on earth is is what she's she's wishing here um this gets to the point uh, she sat upright uh, so that her heart is less troubled uh, th we think that means it's physically less troubled, easier for her to continue to breathe, etc. And then her curate is set for, and the use of that word curate is in some ways telling uh, because it's a, a term that's used largely for what you'd call a, a secular priest. So it's somebody who works in a parish outside of any monastic setting. So uh, many people who are trying to figure out exactly who Julian of Norwich point to this and say, well, she obviously wasn't uh, a nun at Carrow Nunnery because this was a curate coming to see her. Other people say it's not quite as important, but uh, for a lot of people, that's that's really telling that she probably was a, a secular person and not a nun, at least at the point before she was um, where, where she received her sickness and before she became an anchorite. And then her sight begins to fail, and it kind of narrows down to this tunnel vision, uh, this tunnel vision where she can only see the cross, um, and for the rest of her visions, it, it kind of happens in this area. Um, and then uh, the cross, you know, there's an interesting discursus in this book talking about the fact that the, the crucifix has undergone a, a change over the last hundred years before um, Julian. Um, you know, originally, uh, the, 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 the when we started using crosses, which was a long time after the time of Jesus as a symbol for, for Christianity, originally they were empty crosses. And then over time, the idea of putting the image of Jesus on the cross kind of came into to Christianity. Uh, at the beginning, it was a the kind of the Christus Rex, what we call, which is the the Jesus who is, has his arms out, and, but but is crowned and and fully clothed and is in, is triumphant. Over time, especially by the time we get to um, Julian's time, it's undergone a transformation where the the um, the corpus, the the depiction of Jesus, has become very very um, graphic. 
you know, it's showing the suffering of Christ. And in some ways, it's the amount of suffering that's going on in the Middle Ages that is driving this, this change of the image into the suffering Christ so that we see Christ suffering along with us. Um, and one thing that at least John Julian says is, you know, this changed so recently, it's quite possible that this crucifix that, that the curate brings in is, is one of these very highly suffering crucifixes with Jesus very graphically depicted. And that may uh, lead into um, the, the vision that she has after this. Um, and then at the end, she says, I never desired any bodily sight nor any kind of showing from God. What she's saying here is, the point of this and including her three wishes is she never asks for a vision she never asks for a showing as as the term is used throughout um the text here she doesn't ask for it it comes to her and that's really important because um in medieval mysticism the idea is a vision has to be something that's not asked for it's something that has to come upon you uh with, without actually um, desiring it to some de degree, that that makes it a, a more likely to be a, a, a regular vision. It's one of the ways that, that when people are figuring out, well, was this a vision or was this completely sickness or was this that, uh, that's one of those questions that, that, uh, that people in the church at the time would have been asking. And, you know, I think that's a question people, especially modern people, ask with Julian, is, you know, these visions... Um, occur when she is deadly sick. Does that mean that the visions are any less useful? Um, I would say that, that's, that that doesn't necessarily make it any less useful or any less real. I mean, the, the truth is, is that most of us keep up mental barriers to God's presence all the time. We're constantly, I mean, I think God is constantly trying to speak to us and we, we as part of who we are as human beings, just kind of shunt that aside. Sometimes it takes a moment of weakness for that that inbreaking of God to actually happen, and I personally believe that's what's happening here with Julian, is that she seems to be a person with a lot of intelligence, a person with a lot of personality, a, a person who, um, who who is very much who they are, um, and it take, that this sickness in some ways opens her up um, to these visions in a way that she would not have been able to be opened up before. And that is our, our section from uh, Julian today. Um, so we'll give ourselves a minute, and then we'll continue with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I ask your prayers for the people of Waukesha for those who mourn, for those who continue to struggle. I ask for your prayers for all those in our parish prayer list. I bid your prayers either silently or aloud. Let's join together in the Lord's Prayer. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Most holy Lord, the ground of our beseeching, who through your servant St. Julian revealed the wonder of your love, grant that as we are created in your nature and restored by your grace, our wills may be so made one with yours that we may come to see you face to face and gaze on you forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining uh, us for uh, Love Was His Meaning today, uh, this community, small community of prayer. Uh, good to have you with us. Uh, just a, a housekeeping note, um, next Tuesday I actually will be up at the Order of Julian hearing confessions for Advent, um, so we won't have an episode uh, drop on next Tuesday, but one will drop on Thursday, as usual, so a week from today. Um, until then, take care of yourselves, and God bless. Thank you for joining me for Love Was His Meaning today. This podcast is generally available twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The text of Julian's Revelations used in this podcast is The Complete Julian by Father John Julian Swanson OJN and is used by permission of the Order of Julian of Norwich. The theme music is Julian of Norwich by Bombadil and is used under license.